Hey, neighbors, it's getting kind of late in here at the uh, Gunner home. It's kind of late at night. I, I really can't see. I've got my, I'm in my carport. Uh, I'm confined to my house. My, my daughter told me I can't leave the house anymore. I'm not 100 years old, you know, but I can't leave the house anymore. And, uh, okay, fine. Uh, what are you going to do? Uh, what are y'all doing? Well, I can't see my neighbors, and so that's I'm a little I'm a little flat today. I'm not I'm not my usual happy self. I'd like to talk to you tonight uh, a little deeper, a little with a little bit smarter tone, maybe. You know, when I was in high school, I had a Latin teacher named Mrs. Uh, Mac, Mrs. Mac Ferson. She really was a good teacher and. She taught us to appreciate Latin. She said, there's another language that's even better than Latin. I thought, wow, I'm in a Latin class, and she said, there's something better than Latin. I thought, must be English. <laughs> no, nah, that's not true. Now, if you get your uh, get, get into this and have fun, you'll, uh, you'll be like Tolkien, you know, that wrote The Lord of the Rings. He taught language, didn't he, at uh, Oxford University. C.S. Lewis, the great Christian, he, he taught... Uh, Sonnets, uh, love, love songs. Uh, he did, and they they were they were just absolutely in awe of human language. I am too. I don't think any of us appreciate how miraculous it is to talk, even when you talk like I do as a country bumpkin up here in Hillbillyville. That's all right. I can appreciate an Oxford University professor, and I do appreciate him. And I appreciated Ms. McPherson, who taught me to love language. Just like my teacher over in the eighth grade taught me uh, to love the sonnets of Shakespeare. She said, students, today we're going to study Shakespeare's as you like it. She said, and you're going to like it whether you like it or not. <laughs> the next time I had a chance to study Mr. William Shakespeare, and by the way, he ran away from school. He ran away from school. He got arrested for shooting the king's deer. <laughs> My kind of guy. <laughs> King don't need any deer. What are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my goodness. And uh, he went to London. He ran away, and he, he started writing for the stage, which at that time was considered to be uh, just, an, uh, just a gang of atheists, uh, pagans, and people that hate the word of God. Now, of course, that's probably not true because if you read Shakespeare, uh, that's someone that had a knowledge of the Bible. I don't have time to discuss that right now, but go look at it. And uh, he became so successful that it didn't matter whether the Protestant side of the Christian faith was in power killing every Catholic they saw or, or if the Catholics came in and they killed every Protestant they saw. <laughs> Everybody left Shakespeare alone. Now, I wonder why. I wonder how he did that. Wouldn't you like to know how he did that? Well, come back and I'll tell you about it. But I can't do it today. I do have something real serious to talk about. And it goes back to the love of language that I've had all my life. And uh, I've got the uh, scores to prove it. If you want to see the scores of my of my national examinations and subjects, I'd be glad to show them to you. But not going to do it on my podcast. <laughs> That would be braggadocious. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was in Hillbilly. <laughs> he, 
Hillbilly is actually a speech that goes back to the Appalachians. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that because you're not going to believe it, but the English that they speak in Appalachia is <laughs> from the Scottish Highlands. In other words, the Appalachia of old England. <laughs> They talk with a burr over in Scotland. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ms. McPherson said that the one thing you better get straight is, number one, uh, you, you guys are coarse and crude. You don't use language. You abuse it. You're not using it. It's not elevating. It's not helping. You're not really conscious. You're barely, barely alive as a mental being. You're mentally starved. And I thought, huh? <laughs> and she would list uh, books that an educated person should read. And sometimes I'll hear someone make a funny remark about educated people. I think like, buddy, I'm not getting on your team. I like educated people. <laughs> the word educated means you've been led out of a dark hole of knowing nothing <laughs> toward the light. For details, see... Plato's Parable of the Cave. <laughs> or listen to Hank Williams saying, I saw the light. <laughs> no more in darkness, no more in night. Go, go listen to Hank Williams sing that song, would you? I think he knew some Shakespeare. <laughs> but he lived in Hillbillyville and he had to do the best he could. Me too. But I want to get serious. Now, the word that I want to go to is a foreign word. It's the word pan Demic. And believe it or not, it's not Latin, it's not English, it's not Appalachian country talking. <laughs> it's not it's not Hillbilly Hank Williams. <laughs> Love sick, lonesome blues boy. No, it isn't. You know what it is? It goes way back to the dawn of time. It's Greek. Now Greek gave us the word demos, which means democracy. Uh oh. <laughs> You've already heard it. Pandemic. Did you see the word demos? I did. It means pandemic. Well, let's back that up and say it in English, pan people us. <laughs> That's what it means. It means pan people us. You, you, do you know what the word pan means? Guess what? <laughs> it's Latin. It means everybody. So let's back it up. Pan demos means all the people. <laughs> That's all it means. Pandemic only means, and all it means is all the people. So we need some more words to understand pandemic. There is a pandemic, and it's in my neighborhood and yours. And I'm going to I'm going to seriously talk to you for just a minute. Pandemic really means all people. And then the next word is coronavirus. Did that get your attention? Coronavirus. Now, if you don't know what that is, you're going to have to go look it up. But the word virus is pretty easy. I think you know what that means. So what is corona? That's the word you don't know, and here's why. Corona is a brand new, a brand new bacterial infectious disease. Do you have a degree in epidemiology? No, you don't. But if you go over to my Twitter feed at Wrangler Steve on the Twitter, you can find the, the epidemiologist that I follow. Now, you'll see a lot of other stuff that I follow because I'm a, I'm a person of many tastes. But what I'm telling you is if you want to know stuff in detail, then you're going to have to find somebody to follow. And that's what I do. I don't know anything, but, but I, I know how to look. 
and that's half the, half the battle. And darn it, Google's a big help. <laughs> I didn't have Google till, <laughs> until the 1980s when they invented the computer. I'm lucky to have lived this long. I used to have to do it all by myself. Pandemic, all people. Corona, new bacterial disease, virus. That's what it is. What about a virus? Don't you know? We don't have easy ways to deal with it, right? Our bodies over the hundreds and hundreds of years develop immunity. That's a study called immunology. Ology is Greek. It means study of. And you know what the word immune means. Can't catch it. Immunology. Wouldn't it be nice if you were immune to cancer? But you're not. Wouldn't it be nice if you were immune to coronavirus? Well, you're not. I'll tell you what. Some people are immune to information. Some people are absolutely immune to learning. You can't teach some people. They know everything. They're always right and you're always wrong. Good luck, pal, with that attitude when you meet coronavirus. Here's what I'm going to say one more time. Let's introduce the two words. First of all, there's pandemic. All people coronavirus. All people, coronavirus. You know how you catch that coronavirus? I bet you'd like to know how, because according to a report that I posted on my Facebook today, and that's another way you can keep up with this stuff, is go to Wrangler Steve on the Facebook, and uh, I don't do this on my Happy Talk podcast, and I won't do it tomorrow, but I took a break, and I'm being serious with you. You know why? There's something trying to kill me. And it's trying to kill you, too. And if you don't wake up, it will kill you. On my Facebook today at Wrangler Steve, you go read and until you find You'll see a lot of stuff. And you'll say, I don't like that. I don't want to read it. Wait, I'm, I know. But I'm talking about this one. It's posted today. I'm so old, I'm not sure what today is. I think it's Wednesday. So it's today. It's, uh, Mar- uh, uh, it, uh, it's the uh, middle of the week. You probably went to to Bible class tonight. You shouldn't have. You know why? Pandemic coronavirus. Steve, do you go to church? <laughs> not until this, not until you get rid of this. Why, Steve? Pandemic coronavirus. There is a brand new bacterial invasion that will kill you if it gets just the least little chance. There's no vaccine. There is no immunity to it, and if you catch it and you're as old as I am, it'll probably kill you. And there are already hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people dying. And we've had, uh, I don't know how many people die uh, today in Arkansas. And I played a song for those people on my Facebook. I played that beautiful little song, A Death in Arkansas. It's a really sad song. It made me cry the first time I heard it. Dying's not funny. Losing your grandfather or losing your grandmother is a sober subject. But if your wife dies right in front of you, you're going to be sadder than anybody that ever lived, aren't you? Let me say this very quickly. Come back tomorrow and I'll be happy. I'm not going to talk about this stuff on my podcast. 
It's my podcast is all about being a good neighbor and having a, a good time and being a good person. But tonight I thought I would inform you, I would arm you, I would help you the best I can. That's a neighbor, isn't it? I'm just trying to be your neighbor. People in my neighborhood, some of them don't quite understand what's going on. They don't know anything about epidemiology. They don't pay any attention to it. They don't want to. It's, it's uh, you know, it's an inconvenience. I want to go to my church meeting. Well, uh, so does pandemic corona. And it likes to meet you there and kill you. Would you go there if you knew it was waiting for you and was going to kill you? I bet you'd stay home and study your Bible in a virtual Bible study like so many people do over their, over their uh, computers. Grandchildren can show you how to do that. Uh, I, I was talking to a lady at the Walmart, and I said, does your church have a podcast? She said, no. I said, well, you ought to have one. You know, there's a lot of shut-ins that can't get out to your building. She said, yeah, I know. I thought, well, why don't you do something about it? What does it mean when it says, go and tell the good news? Stay stay in your home and watch TV? That's not what that means. <laughs> no, it isn't. It means go and share the good news. I do that. If somebody were to ask me, Steve, have you been going and telling the good news? Sure, I do. I go to, And you can, too. Go to anchor.fm. Anchor, like, you know, the, uh, the uh, Navy. And uh, think of a name for your podcast. Mine's called The Neighbors. And think of some kind of little theme that you want to talk about. And once you get it figured out, then uh, uh, make an appointment with yourself to, to present something good and useful to your uh, friends and neighbors on your podcast. And if it's any good, I'll come listen to it. You can tell me you've got one by pushing the button up there on, on the top of the uh, uh, page. And it'll say, uh, send your voicemail to, to Steve. Send your, send your voice thoughts. Send your audio message. You don't have to type anything. Just just speak in there and say, see, here's what I think. <laughs> well, uh, good. Uh, we'd be glad to hear it. That's what democracy is all about. You speak your speak and I'll speak mine. And listen to this. Hit that, uh, hit that uh, voice button. Share your thoughts with others. Tris, uh, Trinidad, if you're out there tonight on, uh, in, the, uh, in the Springdale universe, and you're hearing my voice, would you please uh, send us a voice message sometime, would you? Write us a letter at 17 Ivy Circle. I'll write you back. Now, uh, let me close with this. Our town is famous for a lot of things, a lot of families and stuff, but it's becoming internationally known for its biking. Bentonville biking, Bentonville bikers, Bentonville, Bentonville biking, biking, biking. And all over town today, if I had to be out, and I sometimes I had to be out, uh, to, uh, but I didn't. I did not go into anything. But if I was picking up through the drive-through in the very safest way that I can, the essentials that I absolutely had to have, uh, I would see people out biking, and I thought, uh-oh, clusters. Go read that article that I've posted for you from the New York Times today, and don't tell me that the New York Times can't get something right. Science doesn't care what church you go to and science doesn't care what brand of uh, uh, political faith you got science is trying to inform people that are living in darkness about something that's serious and um there's a uh, article that i posted and it's entitled the apocalyptic day the apocalyptic day at the new york emergency room and the young man that's writing the story is about 27 years old 
and it will scare the daylights out of you that are walking around in a coma believing that everything's okay. No, it isn't. No, it is not. Read it. 13 people died in that place today. One of them was 38. One of them was 68 like me. I think he's got every age you can think of. Whatever age you are right now, you were at the hospital today, and 13 of those people died. Somebody was out in the uh, waiting room about to get into the ER, but they were still waiting. And I'm sorry, but they, they expired before before the doctor uh, could see him. He wanted to see him, but he's so busy. There's so many people that are sick, and that pandemic's trying to kill pandemic. It doesn't just hit one or two. It's trying to kill every one of us. Do you know what the word apocalypse means? Can I close with that? If you're out there anywhere today and you're clustering, whoo, you're making it easy for the pandemic apocalypse that's upon us. I think the word apocalypse is in the Bible. Now, if you have the, the uh, book called The Bible Keywords, which is a book I really like, you could look it up right now. And I'm not going to tell you what's in it. But if you have The Bible Keywords, I bet you could go online or to any uh, bookstore and it would it would have a copy of it. And they don't cost very much. The the Bible key keywords. What if you had to make a list of the most beautiful words in the Bible? <laughs> I bet you wouldn't put the word apocalypse, but it's in there. The word Genesis is in there. What does that mean? That means the beginning. Wonder what the apocalypse means. Somebody said, Steve, the book of Revelation is an apocalyptic book. Well, it sure is. And I'll tell you what, it's hard to understand too. But I know what it's about. The end of time. Now, I didn't teach history all my life for nothing. The word apocalyptic is a term of time. And what it means is the final curtain has come down. Did you get what I just said? The curtain rises. We live our life. We have our plus and our minus. We have our good and our bad. We're up, we're down. And then the curtain comes down. You know what the word for that is? Apocalypse. Go read that article. Apocalyptic day at New York City's busiest emergency room. Be careful, be thoughtful, and if you want to have some fun, come back tomorrow and I'll be smiling, okay? Good night.